Welcome to another quarantine week. I think this is week number four now of the Tan and J-Man show. I'm Tanner Lee. On the phone is Josh, the J-Man Mont. J-Man, what's going on? What up? Same old, same old. Trying to keep sane. Nice shirt. You match with the wall. I do, don't I? I was hoping I could camouflage (laughs) myself into the wall. You know, all all I see is your head. That is it. It's just a head bobbing around. Works as a green screen. (laughs) <laughs> or a white screen, I guess, in this in this case. But uh, you learn any new skills or anything uh, new to cook or anything this past week? No, no, nothing, nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. Yeah, me neither. Any good, any good movies or shows or any anything that you'd recommend to our our listeners and viewers? You know, I watched a documentary on. I think I watched it Saturday called Operation Odessa on Netflix. It's about these three criminals that uh, somehow worked for the Cali cartel and uh, were in the process of buying a Russian submarine for the cartel. That sounds like something you'd like. It's a fascinating story. Hmm. And that's on Netflix, you said? Yes, sir. Okay. Interesting. That's about it, though. Yeah, I, I didn't read any new books or anything like I did last week or, yeah, nothing, no. Nothing too exciting going on. Did you watch any of the uh, NBA horse competition? I turned it there for a second, <laughs> and it was brutal, yes. and I turned it off. I did the exact same thing. Like, it it was literally, it was less than five seconds I had it on, and it was all pixelated and just didn't look very good. Yeah, and I, I heard a lot of people said it was terrible. I understand the idea around it but uh yeah the execution wasn't wasn't there so but i better do the sponsor read as the tan and j man show is brought to you by like it is every week who's it brought to you by j man you asking me or yeah, yeah, uh, is, who, is that a rhetorical question no nope. <laughs> damn landing there you go the damn landing whether you want an epic burger hand-tossed pizza hand-breaded tenderloin seafood craft beer or a handcrafted cocktail <laughs> The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitou that focuses on freshness and quality. Of course, they got the Damn Smoke, which is every Friday and Saturday featuring barbecue, steaks, particularly the ribs. Jamin, have you had the ribs yet? You know, I have not done it. Maybe you need to do that Friday or Saturday. I do. I, I've seen more and more people on Facebook uh, ordering, ordering them to see if they live up to the hype, and I haven't seen any bad reviews yet. So, and of course, you can wash one of those down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Probably not right now, but soon when all this is over, you can. And when this is over, you can take in the fantastic views of Lake Manitou in their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be by boat or by wheels. The Dam Landing is the place to be, located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. I got to say, the damn landing in the summer is uh, probably my favorite place to be here in Fulton County. And they are still cranking out the food right now for takeout, you know, uh, and and delivery even. Um, I know tomorrow night's their pizza night. You can get any any size pizza for 10 bucks. So, um, yeah, take advantage of that. Always good to get a pizza. So, well, I got a birdie bogey question for you, J-Man, and I'm not too thrilled by it i gotta say um i think it's pretty tough but 
yesterday, back in 2009, Dwayne Wade scored a career-high 55 points in a 122-105 win over the New York Knicks. There are only two players with more points in a game in Heat history. Who are they? That is a good question. In Heat history, man, 55 points. How The Heat have only been around like 20-some years, correct? I'll look that up here in a minute, but uh, I want to see their late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, I was I was thinking around like 91-ish. I'll, I'll look that up here. Now. I want to say them and the Magic came together since they're both Florida teams. Huh. Um, I'll look that up here in a bit. But uh, the Birdie Bogey is brought to you by the Noble Gnome LLC, fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mentone, Indiana. You can like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblenomelloc.com. We are getting closer and closer to veggie season. You know, it does not feel like veggie season outside today. It is chilly today. That wind is... Have, have, have you even left the house today? No, but I went outside to throw the football <laughs> around with my dog. Yeah, the uh, the wind chill is brutal. Yeah, it's uh, it's very chilly. I had to wear my coat outside, uh, my coat I normally wear for like my winter coat, I guess you could call it. Um, but the Noble Gnomes, uh, the CSA sign-up right now is going on for memberships that will last from May through September. Pickup day and time. Uh, this year scheduled for Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. First day on May 7th, last day on September 24th. And the pickup location will be at Romine Family Farms, uh, 3328 South 900 West Mintone, Indiana. And, uh, of course, you're going to get weekly uh, box of vegetables every week in season. Microgreens, herbs. I mean, right now they got beets, cabbage, carrots, cauliflower, cucumbers, eggplant, Herbs, kale, kohlrabi, lettuce, melons, microgreens, onions, peppers, radishes, spinach, summer squash, salad mix, sweet corn, Swiss chard, tomatoes, turnips, and winter squash. Quite the variety. Your veggies. Sorry, I cut you off there. I apologize. That's all right. right. Have have you ever had um, eggplant? Uh, I've been to a... Italian restaurant where somebody got a big plate of it for everybody to share, like eggplant parmesan, but I don't think I had any of it. Because I've heard like a lot of people say that, at least I know a few people that say eggplant parm is their favorite meal. Wow. And I have never had it, and I'm going to need to try it. Yeah, tell me how it is. I'll take your word for it. I will, if if I ever do try it, because who knows? I'm I'm not, uh, as you know, I don't like trying new things yes. when it comes to food. Yes. Um. So we'll see. Yes. You got some on this day for me? I do. Back in 1942, the ninth Masters Tournament was played at Augusta National. Can you name me who won that Let's one? Let's go with Byron Hogan. Byron no, Nelson. No, Byron Nelson. Jeez, Ben Hogan, <laughs> Byron Nelson. Yeah, Byron Nelson. Beat Ben Hogan. Okay, see, see, I was whole playoff. So see, I I knew what I was saying. Stroke. I knew what I was trying to say. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Let's see here. Byron um, Hogan. <laughs> Byron Hogan. In 1953, on this day, the first game in Milwaukee Braves history was played. They beat the Cincinnati Reds. 
Hmm. Interesting. 53. On this day in 1954, Milwaukee Braves Hank Aaron played his first career game. He was pretty good. He wasn't bad. I actually have a short story about Hank Aaron. So my grandpa and my grandma and my mom and her older brother before her younger brother were, was born used to like travel around and um, go to baseball games and parks and stuff. And my grandpa was telling me they went, I think, I don't know if the Braves were in Atlanta yet at this point. Um, but he was saying they went to a Braves Giants game and it was Hank Aaron against Willie Mays. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, that would have been awesome. My mom was probably like six. I think, I think my, so. my dad back in, in the 80s, I want to say it was the 80s, was out in Phoenix one time. I went to an Arizona State baseball game ah. and saw uh, Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. And Barry Bonds? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. They liked, uh, maybe that's when they started their steroid use. Good possibility. On this day in 1963, old Pete Rose recorded his first career Major League base hit. He tripled. Another good one. Another good player. Yeah. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. I agree. On this date in 1969, the 33rd Masters Tournament was played. Who won that tourney? I don't think you're going to get this one. Oh, crud. Uh, how about uh, Raymond Floyd? No, it was George Archer. Never heard of him. It was his only major. Okay. Good for you, George. What, what about on this day in 1970, who won the Masters? How about Arnold Palmer? Incorrect. Billy Casper. I have heard of him. I'm not very, I'm really good with Masters trivia in the 90s and the 2000s. I struggled before then. So. Well, you know what? We'll get to that. Good. Because there's quite, there's quite a bit of uh, sure. Masters. Yeah. Well, I, kind of, I cried a tear or two yesterday since yesterday should have been Masters Sunday. So, you, you know, I will give you credit. Your uh, social media post hitting the <laughs> golf balls yesterday with your pup was uh, pretty good. Well, the funniest one was the one that actually went in the cup because he didn't know what to do. Because he, he, he chased it and then went in and he froze. Like, I'm not getting it out of that thing. So. Old Johnny Elway. Yeah, he's, so, he's something else lately. How, how, how is he handling the quarantine? I don't think he likes having me as around as much as I thought he would. He, uh, he probably sleeps less, I bet. Yes, he? because I'm loud. I play music or listen to a <laughs> podcast while I'm working, and I don't think he sleeps very well. <laughs> but... Uh, you never know where he's going to be sleeping. He could be in the bedroom, the guest bedroom, the the couch in the living room, on the kitchen floor by me working. I don't, he's all over the place. So be honest, I could probably sleep anywhere right at this moment. <laughs> well, let's get back to the on this day. <laughs> <laughs> on this day in 1975, who won the Masters tournament? 75? Yes, sir. Let's go with Jack Nicholas. That was a good guess. He won it by one stroke. Against uh, your boy, Johnny Miller. Oh, jeez. You love my, that guy. One of my least favorite sports figures in the whole world. <laughs> Who won the Masters on this day in 1980? Let's go with Tom Watson. Incorrect. Seve Ballesteros. Ah, Seve, yeah. He was uh, only 23 years old at the time. Uh, he, he was a heck of a player. He, he's dead isn't yes he, he is he yep. passed away yep i think of cancer yeah. yeah let's see here 
rifling through the 80s. Who won the 50th Masters Golf Tournament in 1986? Jack Nicklaus. You are correct. That's one of the more famous Masters ever because he won it at the age of 46. And it was his record 18th major. And his sixth Masters, yep. It's pretty good. Yeah, he, he, uh, he's pretty good. He wasn't a bad... Uh, Bad golfer, wasn't he? No, there's you know, there's a good argument, him or Tiger, who's who's the best ever. And of course Tiger's still going, but Speaking of Tiger, on this day in nineteen ninety seven, oh Eldrick Tiger Woods won his first major title. Yep. And the A world... record twelve strokes ahead of Tom Kite. Yeah, he smashed everybody and he was at a very young age and the world was really introduced to the phenom that is Tiger Woods. On this day in 1997, the Hartford Whalers played their last NHL game. Uh, where did they go after that? Hmm, I should know that. I do not know. Yeah, I don't either. I'll also, on this ex- that exact same day in 97, Mario Lemieux also played his last NHL regular season game. Didn't he come back out of retirement, though, later on, or no? I have no idea. Maybe he didn't. I feel like he he Jordaned it a couple times. Who won the 2003 Masters Tournament? Mike Weir. Yes, sir. One of Cameron Screeton, our good buddy Cameron Screeton, one of his favorite golfers. He became the first left-handed Masters champion. Yep, there's been two of him since. On this date in 2004, Barry Bonds hit his 661st career home run passing his godfather, Willie Mays, on the MLB all-time list. I always forget that Willie Mays is his godfather. I did not know that until I read this one. I, I knew that, but I had forgotten that. But I didn't know it. Who won the uh, 2008 Masters Tournament? 2008 was Trevor, Trevor Immelman. Three strokes ahead of Tiger Woods. Yeah, Trevor only had a handful of wins in his career. He might He's, he's arguably the worst. Masters champion ever, but good for him. Is is he worse than the guy who won it a few years ago? Oh, Danny uh, Willett in 2016. Yeah, that's oh, that's a that's a good question. They're probably pretty even with each other. Mm. Speaking of uh, not I uh, not Jordan Spieth, but who won in 2014? 2014 was Bubba Watson. That was Bubba Watson. He won it in 2012 and 2014. Yep. Three spots ahead. Of Jordan, oh, Jordan Spieth, Spieth. Yes. that's yeah. why threw me off. And uh, Jonas, Jonas Blix. Jonas Blix, yeah, he hadn't done anything since. That's a name from the past. Wow. On this day, last one. Man, we had quite a few on this days uh, yeah. today, which uh, which is good because yeah. we need we some need time to <laughs> <laughs> On this day in 2019, last year, Greg Popovich surpassed what coach to become the all-time winningest coach in NBA history? Was it uh, Lenny Watkins? Lenny Wilkins. 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 Jeez. I'm so bad Pretty at Pretty close, though. Yeah. That, that, was that who it was? Lenny Wilkins? Yeah. Okay. Len, Lenny Wilkins. Okay. Um, yes, the, that is... Go ahead. I, I was going to say who the honest day is brought to you by, unless you got another... Uh, well, the Hartford Whalers moved to Carolina and became the, the Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Okay, yes, I was going to say they went to Atlanta and became the Thrashers, but since then the Thrashers yeah. have moved back up to Winnipeg and became the Jets. So, ah, um, but the on this day segment is brought to you by Proforma Print House. Are you looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting? 
Proforma Print House has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company. Call them today at 574 210 Also on this day, last year, uh, my dad and I were at a Cubs game and Kyle Schwarber about murdered an umpire. I remember watching was, that game. Yeah, against was, the Angels, right? Yep. He was called out on a check swing with two guys on and they were down one with two outs in the ninth and I thought he was going to kill him. Yeah, he was pretty fired up. He was real fired up. Yeah. Deservingly so though. Yeah. At least you haven't had a at least you haven't had to get mad at any umpires. No, that's as I said last week, I've been pretty uh pretty relaxed, pretty zen. I I did uh stub stub my pinky toe and uh <laughs> Lash, lashed out a little bit uh, as I would against an umpire. St- stubbing toes are the, is the worst. Uh, or hitting toes the on the, like the corner of a table or something. Just, yes, that's exactly yeah. what I did. Yeah, but uh, thank you to everybody watching on the ISC Sports Network right now and live on Facebook on the ISC Sports Network Network page. I've also shared on the Tan J Man Show Facebook page and my personal one. Uh, leave any comments or questions. Feel free, and I'll I got it up here. So if you if you want to say anything. Uh, um, please just send them our way. But uh, we do have a few news points to go over, J-Man. Uh, one of them involves Drew Brees. Uh, it was announced last week that he has signed a deal with NBC Sports over ESPN to continue his post-football career in broadcasting. Um. Yeah, Uh he is going to do Notre Dame games. He's going to start off with an, as a Notre, Notre Dame in-game analyst. So I don't think that means he's in the booth. No. But I don't know if he's if that'll be a Chris Sims-like role who does sidelines or if that'll be more of a halftime pregame in studio. Pregame, I, I don't know. postgame type deal. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good fit. Um, I – I assume they're just going to groom him up to be the Sunday night guy eventually. That's what um, the plan, the article I read was they're going to groom him to eventually take over for Collinsworth, and Mike Tirico is going to be the replacement for Al Michaels. So eventually we're going to get Breeze and Tirico as a team on Sunday night football. Sign me up for that. Yeah, um, you know, there's going to be a learning curve, obviously, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people thought Jason Witt was going to be good at TV, and he was just god-awful. Uh, but... We'll say Drew Brees is a very well spoken and smart, and uh, Romo's pretty good it. at it. I cannot stand. Tony I, Romo. Well, I think Romo's the, the best. The best there is. I'm one of the few people that <laughs> uh, just don't like Tony Romo. I, I think he talks too much. I think he does a really um, good job. But, it's just amazing he can call the plays before they even happen. It just blows my mind. That that's impressive. Uh, now at the same time, I. Uh, for a long time, did not like Chris Collinsworth at all. Yeah, and he and he grew on me, and now I think he's pretty dang good at his job. Yeah, I'm, I'm right um, there with you. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not sure how. Of course, Bree signed. Did he sign a two year deal with the Saints? Yes, and, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's my next talking point. But yeah, go ahead. Um. So say he plays only two more years, uh, he'll probably do the Notre Dame thing for I would say 
a couple years. Collinsworth just turned 61, so who knows how long he wants to do it. Um, I don't know how old Al Michaels is. He's 74, 75, I believe. Al Michaels turned 76 in November. So he's 75. So he's 75. Um, And he, I mean, he does a great job. He's a legend. Uh, So who knows how long he's going to do it. But, yeah, I uh, and I've always been a big fan of Tariqo. Yep. Um, so I think it'd be a good, uh, good match. I actually think Drew Brees' last year playing football will be this year. I think he did think a two-year so. contract more for a team's sake, money-wise. I forget yeah. how it all works out. Um, which brings me to the point. Uh, I have Notre Dame's football schedule up here for 2020, 2021, and 2022. This, just, this is all. This is all assuming we still have a football season. Yes, at least this year for 2020. I would. Yes. I'd, I think we're pretty safe for 2021, I would say, but uh, who knows? I don't know. But for 2020, the reason I'm going over this is really more just filler. Um, Notre Dame this year starts off against Navy over in Ireland. When? On August 29th. Um, and then they have a two-week break, and their first home game is against Arkansas on September 12th. When? Then they uh, are at home against Western Michigan on September nineteenth. That's, that's a win. Then they're at Wake Forest on September twenty sixth. When I believe it's at Wake Forest. I don't think that's games played at a neutral site. They play. It's, they they did play at Wake Forest a few years ago. Okay, Was that last year or two years ago. I would think it would be two years ago, but yeah. they play Wisconsin <laughs> at Lambeau Field on October third. That'd be a good one. They host Stanford on October 10th. They play at Pitt on October 17th. They host Duke on uh, Halloween on October 31st. They host Clemson on November 7th. They go to Georgia Tech on November 14th. They host Louisville on November 21st. And they go to USC on November 28th. Did you say that they host Clemson? Yes. Hmm. Be a pretty good one, yeah. Uh, but 2021, uh, presuming Drew, presuming we have a football season this year, and Drew Brees hangs him up after this year, Notre Dame opens up the 2021 season on a Monday night game, so it's a Labor Day game at Florida State. Huh. Then their first home opener or their home opener is against Toledo on September 11th, and this would be an interesting one with Drew on the call. Then Purdue travels to Notre Dame on September 18th that year. That would be the first time they've played them in, uh, since 2014. Then they play Wisconsin at Soldier Field the following week. So that's back-to-back years, Lambeau and Soldier Field. Then they host Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Then they go to Virginia Tech. Then they host USC. They host North Carolina. They host Navy. They travel to Virginia, they host Georgia Tech, and they travel to Stanford. I don't know if I'd categorize that as a difficult schedule, but uh, it's definitely a schedule. <laughs> and then in 2022, say Drew plays two more years, then decides to get into this. This is a big week one game. They travel to the Horseshoe in week one to play at Ohio State. Huh. Then they host Marshall, they host Cal, they host Stanford. They host UNLV. They host Clemson. That's five home games in a row. I was going to say, how many home games in a row? Well, now that I look at that, there are some down at the bottom to be announced date-wise. 
Oh. They also go to USC. The four to be announced are at North Carolina, Boston College at home, at Syracuse, and at Navy. That's the easiest schedule I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, they're you know they're got like a <clears throat> joint partnership with the ACC, and the ACC's not very good at football it's right now. Awful. So has it ever really been great? Well, I mean Virginia Tech and Florida State and Miami used to be really good. Yeah, but I Miami guess. was good in the Big East. They've never been good um, in the no, ACC. That's right. That's really? right. Um, I mean, you're a Hurricane fan. You point. should know this. Come on. I am. I am uh, ashamed. That I uh, did not know this. Um, yeah. Now Cle- Clemson really hadn't wasn't great until you know ten years ago. Or yeah. So now they've started this reign of terror. Um, but and going back to the Drew Brees NBC Sports agreement, what's this say about ESPN? Let's talk about Sween and Miss, Sween and Miss, Sween and Miss. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, beyond, I don't know if it has anything to do with money. Because ESPN has boatloads of money, uh, they they still don't have a Monday Night Football crew, do they? No, as far as I know, they keep trying to replace um, those guys, and nobody wants the job. At, at least, at the very least, they're looking for a color guy. Of course, they've taken a swing at Peyton. Uh, yes. May heck, maybe maybe Eli will want to do it. Yeah, I, um, I would think he would want to enjoy <laughs> retirement a little bit first, but. Yeah, we'll he he might get the itch though. Come yep. training camp time. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know why no one wants to go work for ESPN. My mom did comment on Facebook here. Um, she <laughs> said, "Typical Notre Dame schedule." <laughs> <laughs> She's not a big Notre Dame football fan or no. Brian Kelly fan by any means. I I think she hates Notre Dame more than we do. You know, it'd be interesting if she had to choose between watching Tiger Woods play golf or Notre Dame play football. Which one should she choose? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this whole Drew Brees thing will be interesting. Uh, I didn't even know NBC was a possibility until the news came out that they agreed on the deal. I thought didn't it was kind of ESPN or nothing. So. Yeah, I didn't even think of NBC because they still have their two guys locked in. Yeah. Um, and, of course, NBC has, like, Flutie in the booth right now. Flutie and Tariq. Um, and Tarico and Tarico is one of the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to watch Notre Dame, so I don't really know. Well, I, I watch them almost every week to root against them. But Flutie. I mean, Flutie, Flutie and Tarico are pretty good, and and Flutie, it's interesting because he played at Boston College, one of yeah. Notre Dame's rivals. But and, he does and, a pretty good and, job. And Tarico went to Syracuse, yes. so it's not like I mean, you you remember that older guy? Oh, he was. Uh, uh, he he was so biased. It was brutal. Their past was two guys, their, their old guys were terrible. Mayock used to be the worst. On oh there. yeah, I forgot. He still Mayock he still is the worst. He's the worst at everything. <laughs> Can't stand that guy. But um, but speaking of Mike Mayock, we'll have plenty of NFL draft talk next week because next week is the NFL draft next Thursday night. At least we're gonna have something to watch. So next. Monday's episode of the podcast is going to be heavily focused on the NFL draft. I'll have my final mock draft. Maybe Josh will do a mock draft. I might just have to do it. If mock not, draft. we'll at least talk more in length about the mock draft than we have previously. So looking forward to that. Speaking uh, of the NFL draft, do you have anything more to add on Breeze? No, I don't. Because uh, I think I'm actually going to do a bucket this week. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be an NFL draft book at this week, and I'm going to do an NFL draft book at next week Fair as well. Enough. I think at least one team trades up into the top five that's not currently in the top five and uh, takes a quarterback. 
that team could be the LA Chargers swapping with the Detroit Lions. Could be the LA. That's really the only one I can think <laughs> of that it'd be because the Dolphins are in the top five. So yep. I was excluding them. Um, so that is J Man's Book It Prediction of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau insurance agent Travis Watchering. And he can provide you with life insurance, home insurance, auto insurance, renter's insurance, business insurance, workers' comp, farm insurance, annuities. Whatever you need right now, he's still working around the clock. So uh, con- uh, contact Travis at 219-869-4561. And you can reach him via email at travis.watchering at infb.com. I, uh, after I did the Travis Watchering thing, I pointed at the TV to give you the clue. I appreciate or, that. Or to, to give you the cue to do it. So I, I read your You're mind. Welcome. I read your mind. You're welcome. So. Well, we got one more football note before we get into some other topics of discussion. The XFL didn't last very long. Nope. Not only did they seize off operations the other day with no plans to return in 2021, they filed for, for bankruptcy this afternoon. They didn't say it. They declared it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because... I still think this league would have lasted at least another year or two if this COVID-19 pandemic didn't happen. Just with the contracts and the money and everything tied up into this, the more I read about it. I mean, they they were going to lose, I mean, over canceling the rest of the season in the playoffs, they were losing tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, I I agree with you that it would have lasted at least one more season, and <laughs> this was just kind of the nail in the coffin. Um, it it kind of did what the AAF did last year, where it was big that first week, and then gradually just kind of fans kind of declined, and you never saw anything really about it on Twitter. Um, but I think it would have lasted at least one or two more years had the pandemic not happened. And in my opinion, Vince McMahon only wants to do things he can win at, and you know was losing interest every week. And I think he kind of saw this also maybe as a way to pull the plug and use the pandemic yeah. as an excuse. And he went ahead and just did that. So yeah, um, that, I, I don't, I will never take any football league. That's not the NFL seriously anymore. Nope. When they say, Oh, there's going to be another football league. Nope. Well, it's never worked before. I'll be so shocked I, if we see one within the next 20 years. Try it after there, these two, there should be no, Nobody else should try it yep. um, unless it's like a developmental league, which I think that's what the AAF had going for it, but they needed the NFL to come in and bail them out and they didn't do it and then just let it die. So and another interesting part about this <clears throat> bankruptcy was um, the bankruptcy filing revealed that the WWE actually owned part of the league. They owned 23.5% of the huh. class B stock that wasn't known until this came out. And other creditors of the league, Bob Stoops for a million dollars, Mark Tressman for $777,000, Ticketmaster for $655,000, other coaches of the league totaled for $583,000. The only one I think that wasn't among those was Pep Hamilton. And MetLife Stadium lease was $368,000. I was going to say, so... In order to be a head coach in this league, you had to invest in it first. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, man. Uh, man, it's something reading this. It's it's kind of surprising, but uh, 
Is it though when it comes to uh, old McMahon? Oh gosh, but don't even get me started, man. That guy's <laughs> business morals are terrible. They're uh, they're still going to do live shows, aren't they? And the well, you know what is announced today? Why they're doing live shows? Why they're doing it from the Performance Center, which is in Orlando, with no no people. The Florida governor deemed them essential. That's ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about politics, because Vinnie Mac's a big Republican. Uh huh. So. Well, I I read the performers are not happy with. No, that. there was a uh, there was a positive case of COVID nineteen that came out over the weekend. It was a commentator on TV a couple weeks ago during the WrestleMania taping. Of course, they didn't reveal who it was, and since then, that person has been quarantined and is for over fourteen days or whatever, and is has passed the virus um, and, and is better now. But I mean, come on. Went enough enough you know i mean well of course not to get into politics or anything but the florida governor yes was one of the last people to actually put in a shelter in place order when he should have done it like three weeks before he did i just don't understand why they don't and i'm not trying to talk too much pro wrestling here i apologize to everybody but i want to finish my point here i don't know why they didn't do what all elite wrestling's doing and just taped as much as they could for about two months worth and yeah. not doing live shows. Here you go for the next two months, and then we'll reevaluate after those two months. See you if could do it changed. easily. Yeah. They could have done it easily. And you can do different things with, you know, Zoom, Skype, you know, mm-hmm. FaceTime. You can, there's a, well, yeah. No, that, Vince McMahon just, he's not a good human being. No. And, and he, he thinks he's immortal, pretty much. He and, couldn't care less about the no. people and, performing. And, he just wants the money. And as far as the WrestleMania you know, they lost 17 to $20 million on that event itself. He was the only person they said it within the whole company wanted to go on. Everybody else wanted to postpone it or cancel it. And nope, he wanted to keep going. So he's something else. But, I guess. But uh, moving on, we did go ahead, or at least I prepared some trivia for you this week. I hope you prepared some for me. The J-Man did prepare 10 questions for you. I got 10 Chicago Cub questions for you this week, and I got to say, they are all over the map. I am excruciatingly <laughs> nervous about this. I think you're going to do really good. I think, you're I think gonna do, so. I, I think you're so. going to do really good. I gave you some softball questions, but some well, other ones are kind of tricky. The softball questions are usually the ones I overthink and just don't get it right. So uh, we'll see. Well, let's start off. I know how you love jersey numbers, and you're so good with jersey numbers. awful at jersey numbers. I know. What numbers do the Chicago Cubs have retired? Uh, 31. Yes, and those are two players, Greg Maddox and Fergie. And Fergie. Yep. Uh, 23. Yep. For Ryan Sandberg. 10. Ron Sano. Yep. 14. Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub, yep. And 26. Billy Williams, you got it. And, and of course, 42. Yes, I was, yes. Every team has that one retired, so. Yep, you're one for one. J-Man. All right, and this these are career home runs hit specifically in a Chicago Cubs uniform. Oh, this boy. Question. Sammy Sosa leads with 549, followed mm-hmm. by Ernie Banks with 512. Fergie Jink. Or not Fergie Jenkins, Billy Williams with uh, 392, Ron Sano with 337, and Ryan Sandberg with 282. Who is sixth? Who is sixth? Man, that's a good question. Um, Man, I'm between two guys that are probably not it. 
Um, but I'm going to flip a coin metaphorically and go with Ramos Ramirez. You got it. 239 home runs. I was between Aramis and Derek Lee. I didn't um, see Derek Lee on there in the top. He might have been 10th. Really? And then Rizzo's I, ninth. Uh, fun, yeah, I, I, Rizzo just hit, I think he just hit his 200. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to go look it up real quick, Derek Lee. Um, unless you have a Derek Lee question on there, but of course he wouldn't tell me. So, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, two for two. And this this question might be a little tricky. Um, according to the website I used, they only had three minor league teams listed. They actually had five minor league teams listed for the Cubs, but two of them were like the lowest of the lows, so I'm not mm-hmm. counting those. So name the Cubs' current single-A, double-A, and triple-A teams. They only had one listed for single-A, not two for some reason. Okay, so triple-A is the Iowa Cubs. Yep. Double A is the Tennessee Smokies. Yep. Um, the, there's three single A teams actually. They had one, um, and it's the low A team, so I should give it away. It's it's the low, so it'd be South Bend, correct? Yes. South yes. Bend Cubs. You got it. And they, and they also had Myrtle Beach Pelicans and a Eugene Emeralds. For whatever reason, I didn't see the Eugene one on there at all. But the Myrtle Beach ones were listed until this year, and then they weren't listed. I don't know why. Huh? I don't know. Three, three for three so far. How many All-Star Game appearances did Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood have combined? Combined, man, that's a really good question. Um, man, that's a great question. I think Pryor probably only made it once. I, I know Kerry Wood made it in whatever year the White Sox host six. I'm pretty sure he gave up a home run. Um, I am going, that's a great question. I'm going to go with three. You got it. <laughs> Did I really? Kerry Wood in 2003, Mark Pryor also in 2003, and Kerry Wood in 2008. 2008, so I think in 2008, Kerry would have been a closer. Yeah, I was surprised. That was, that was the year, Cubs had like eight All-Stars that year because they were really good. Um, I don't remember Kerry making it that year, though. I almost had a question about the um, 2008 All-Stars to name them, but I didn't do it, so... Gio Soto, I remember he was one of them. And Kosuke Fukudome was one of them. Kos- Kosuke was, a, was but one, of course. This, this next question, you are 4 for 4 so far, doing really well. This next question is also an All-Star related question. In the year 2000, the Cubs had two All-Stars. One of them was Sammy Sosa. Who was the other one? In 2000. Who was good in 2000? Oh, man. Um, man, who was good in 2000? I'm just going to have to pull a name out of a hat. I am going to go. I don't think this guy was an all-star. Sosa? Who was on their pitching staff? Of course, Kerry Wood didn't make it that year because he already gave that one away. I'm going to go with Eric Young. Good guess, but no. Joe Girardi. Oh, Joe Girardi wouldn't even guess. I wouldn't even thought of him. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. That was a real tough one. Who was the last opening day starter for the Cubs, not named John Lester or Jake Arrieta? That's a really good one as well. So this would have been 2014, I would guess. 
because Lester wasn't 15. I think Lester wasn't 17, 18, and 19. Arietta wasn't 16. Um, 2014. Who was in that rotation? (laughs) Um, this is probably wrong, but I'm gonna go with Travis Wood. That is wrong. Jeff Samarja started in 13 and 14 back to back years. Yeah, because Travis Wood made the All Star team in 13. That's why I was. I should have known Samarja. Completely forgot about Sharks. I forgot he even played for the Cubs. (laughs) I completely (laughs) forgot about him. Uh, you'll get this one, I think. I think. Uh, what three years did the Cubs win the World Series, and who did they beat? I'll get the years right, but there's no way I'll get the teams. Of course, 2016 against the Indians. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 1907 and 1908. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did they beat the Tigers one year? Yes. Um, and who was in the... American League then. What what year was the Tigers one? Was that nineteen oh eight or seven? <laughs> well, uh, I'll give this one a pass. They beat the Tigers both years. Oh, they beat the yeah, Tigers both years. So, okay. <laughs> so uh I had no clue. I'll count that one as like half point. I don't know. Give me both points. <laughs> this one I will be surprised if, if I threw this one in to try to make sure you didn't get all of them correct. What was the name of the cursed goat? The first goat? The cursed goat. Oh, the cursed the, goat. The goat that was cursed in the 1945 World um, Series. Game four, they wouldn't let him in because they said he stunk. You know I've heard the name before, um, but I don't remember. I am going to go with uh, Clark. <laughs> I like the guess, but Murphy. Murphy. Oh, Murphy's bleachers. Yep. All right, got two more here. Who did the Cubs trade in 1988 for Mitch Williams? I have no idea. Um, I have no clue. (laughs) Um, 88. um, I I don't even think I have a guess for this one. No guess? Um, Now, hold on. 88. 88. Who was there in 88? Rafael Palmeiro. You got it. Did I really? Yep. And he did not use steroids, period. Period. <laughs> yep, Rafael Palmero. I, I I knew Palmero was in there at um, around that time. That's around the time Grace got there, too. And so they were kind of battling it out. Uh, so, man, I pulled that one out of nowhere. And this one's a really dumb question, <laughs> but it's kind of fun. And there's a reason I did this, and you'll figure it out later. But... Um, and I'm taking it verbatim right off the website I got, so this is not my wording, but this forgettable Cubs announcer lobbied unsuccessfully to nickname Slugger Sammy Sosa as Sam. The moniker didn't stick, and neither did he. Who was the announcer? <laughs> um, it's got to be Chip Carey, doesn't it? No. I hated that guy. Didn't stick. It's got it. I'll give you the year he was the announcer, 1990 to 1995. Tom Brennan. Yep. I hate that guy. That's exactly why I put it in here. That's exactly why I put it in here. Well, I was thinking the Sosa years from like 97 to 2001 (laughs) for some reason. I hate Tom Brennan. That's exactly why I put it in here because I knew he fired up. I should have known. I'm stupid. (laughs) What? 
what what they used to do is um, Harry would do Harry Carey would do like four innings TV. Then he'd go do radio for three innings and then come back. So I think him and Tom would just switch. I was surprised when I read that Harry was only their at least TV commentator for only a couple of years. Really, I thought he was there for a long time. Well, actually, he Lynn Casper. When the season starts, he'll be there just as long as Harry Carey was. Wow. He needs a restaurant yeah. named after him. He does. Call him Casper. Casper Ka- uh, Ka- the Ghost. There you go. That's stupid. That was really dumb. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for even saying it. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, you got uh, five and a half correct. That's embarrassing. I think because you started off. Got the first Start four. Started off hot. Then you missed Girardi and Smart. You got half a point for the World Series. You missed Murphy. I got, I got a full point. So I said the Tigers. You got Paul Romero. Fine. If you got a full point, you got six. Six out of ten. I'll take it. All right. So a lot of my Purdue basketball questions for you have to do with Gene Cady somehow. So prepare yourself. Oh, all right. And this could be this could be interesting. I'm ready. Question. Question one. How many Big Ten Coach of the Year awards did Gene Cady win? Seven. Correct. Number two, how many times did Purdue win at least a share of the Big Ten title with Gene Cady at the helm? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go with eight. Six. Ah, that was so a shot of dark. Yep. Number three, Purdue gives out a Mr. Hustle Award every season. What, what player was this named after? Ooh. Can you tell me what year it was established? Um, no. I will actually go look up, see what year this guy played. Um, I didn't write down a ton of info. I just have the okay. name. Um, let's see here. He played. Actually, he was a coach at one time, it looks like. He, he, he was actually Purdue's coach in like the 50s and 60s. I don't know if. So it must have been established, and he wasn't even a player. I screwed that one up. But who was this award named after? The award Piggy Lambert? Ray Eddy. Oh, no. I could have guessed 25 guys and I got that. So I thought you'd know because they give out the award every year. I, I did not <clears throat> Nope, didn't know that. Number four, Matt Painter was officially hired as head coach in 2005. Who was the leading scorer on his first team as head coach? Uh, 2000, so that would have been the <clears throat> 05-06 team. Yes. Was it Gary Ware? It was not. It was <laughs> It was Matt Kiefer. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And the, the only reason why is because Carl Landry blew his yes. knee out or something after just five games. Yes, yes. Carl. Well, Carl blew his knee out the last game, the last regular season game the year before. Okay. And he then, only played five games. Yes, and David Teague okay. missed that whole year as well. So that's why they were good the following year and made the NCAA tournament because those two guys came back. <laughs> ah. Darn, I am going to be doing awful. How many total wins did Gene Cady end up with at Purdue? Oh man, I, I it's it's less than five hundred, but more than four hundred and ninety. Okay. So it's four ninety to five hundred. Let's go four ninety three. Oh, you got it. Wow. 
All right. Nailed it. It's a lucky guess. Speaking of Gene Cady, as I said, a lot of these <laughs> questions had to do with Gene Cady. How many times did Purdue make the NCAA tournament with Gene Cady there? Oh, man. Let's see. He was there 25 years. I'm going to go 19. Close. 17. <sighs> I was in my how many, 18. Dang it. How many I counted. Um, there is only one Big Ten team Purdue has a losing record against in their history. Who is it? Ohio State. Ohio State. They are 88 and 91. Yeah, that's Pretty one close. team Matt's struggled against. So, Can you name the top five scoring leaders in <laughs> Purdue history in a career? Oh, top man. five career scoring leaders. Uh, All, do I have to do an order? Only, can I just throw five out? No, you can just throw five All out. Right. They are the only five guys over 2,000 career points. Well, Etwan Moore? Yes. Rick Mount? Yes. Joe Barry Carroll? Yes. Those are your top three, by the way. I've oh. never heard of these other two guys. Yeah, I knew Glenn was close, but he didn't get there. Um, <clears throat> Steve Scheffler? No. Mm. Yeah, give them to me. I don't know. Troy Lewis. One of three amigos. Okay. Yep. And Dave Shellhaus. Shellhaus. Oh, Shellhaus. Shellhaus. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed him. But I should have got Troy Lewis. Him. He was a one of three amigos <coughs> that graduated in 1988. Yep. Ah. Darn it. Number nine. Who was the last NBA player to make an All Star appearance? Uh, Purdue grad, you mean to make yes. him? Sorry, this this is a Purdue trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Duh, that was a stupid question. <laughs> um, Brad Miller. Brad Miller on the Kings. Three. Yep. And two thousand four. Pacer and King. Yep. This is not my favorite question I've ever thrown out here because uh, it's just I just don't like the question that much. Who is the all-time leader in games played? I think it's Etwan Moore. It is not. It is, da- it, it is Dakota uh, Mathias. He must have passed him. I did not know that. 141 games played. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Let's see. I want to see how I many. I think I got four yeah. right, I think. You got that one. Jeez. You uh, got that one. Two. Three. You got four right. Or that's embarrassingly bad. I did better at the Broncos trivia than I did. <laughs> I thought you were going to do a lot better than I was going to I'm do. very embarrassed. Um, I, I will say, each of our questions are pretty dang tough. Yeah, they were. And when we're put, we're put on the spot like that. Uh, a little pressure. With the, with with the camera. The, the time the camera lights shining down upon you. You don't have not, that on you. Not I do. <laughs> um, but I am currently sitting in my recliner. Um, about to doze off, to be honest. <laughs> well, you got about eight more <laughs> minutes. So uh, next week, I will give you ten Illinois basketball questions. All right. What What do you want me to uh, quiz you on? Oh, Purdue football next week. I was. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, Completely forgot about Purdue football. Yeah. Well, it's understandable. I will be horrendous at Illinois basketball. <laughs> and then after that, it's Illinois football for you. So. That's not going to happen. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Fine, Miami Hurricane football. 
Um, there you go. Yeah, so we got a few minutes left here, J-Man. You have a list you kind of hinted at last week or the week before. Top 10 favorite Office episodes list. I know it's not sports-related, but a lot of our viewers and listeners, I'm sure, are fans of The Office, as are we. So I'm interested to hear your list. All righty. So number 10, Gay Witch Hunt. When uh, Michael accidentally outs <laughs> Oscar as being gay, and he has to apologize, and it is, uh, it is, it, it might be, maybe not the most awkward episode, uh, but it's up there. But you uh, could put a lot of them in the awkward, or at least awkward <laughs> scene yeah, category. Uh, Michael, uh, yeah, Michael created awkward situations yes, all the time. Yes, he did. Number nine broke season five episode 23 when michael starts his own paper company with pam and ryan they steal a bunch of dunder mifflin clients but go broke and somehow get their jobs back at dunder mifflin during the buyout negotiations i like when he's army crawling on the floor (laughs) (laughs) Uh, number eight goodbye toby episode 14 they throw a going away party for Toby, who is moving to Costa Rica. Michael is thrilled. That's, that's a good one. Goodbye, Toby. Goodbye, Toby. Number seven, Garage Sale. Season seven, episode 18. Michael proposes to Holly. It's a good one. Well, that was called this, Garage Sale? It was called Garage Sale because remember they were doing the garage sale. Um, and Jim somehow got Dwight to trade. Oh, a yeah. Big te- yeah. Telescope for the legumes yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for the seeds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. for, the, for yeah. the seeds. Yeah. Number six, this is maybe the most underrated episode, and one of my favorites is uh, the injury when Michael accidentally <laughs> stepped on his George Foreman grill and burned, <laughs> burned his foot. It, 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 Dwight gets an actual concussion. Yeah. Dwight. Dwight is so concerned he accidentally drives his car into a fence post and gets a concussion. And Dwight it's uses classic. the uh, "That's what she said" line in the in the uh, room, and that's yeah. my joke. Date it, Dwight. That's my joke. And 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 they're in the MRI. Dwight is, and Michael sticks tries to his stick foot his in foot. there. That's a classic one. Yeah. Number five, beach games, that's season a good one. three, episode twenty-two. Michael is convinced he's getting promoted to New York and is going to pick his pick his successor due to the outcomes of dumb beach games. He had the, my favorites in that one, he had the sumo wrestlers and Stanley got real mean. He's going to get Jim. Then Andy yeah. ends up falling in the pond. And he's, he's away. Just, help! My name is Andrew <laughs> and then, Bernard. And then they're having the hot dog eating contest and Phyllis, can Is there any mustard or maybe it's ketchup for these? No! <laughs> Michael's all mad. Eat! <laughs> Number funny. four. Casino night, season two finale. One. Michael goes on a date with two women yes. at the same time, accidentally. Yes. And J- Jim makes his feelings known for Pam. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good. One. That's a good one. That's that's kind of right when I think The Office hit its stride. Yes. And just kind of see season three through, really season two was great the whole season, but season three through like season six, I want to say would be the peak. I agree. Of. Uh, the office speaking of season six number three niagara parts one and two oh, that, and that's probably my favorite episode to be honest jim and pam get married and uh andy bernard hurts himself i'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> pg friendly and yes uh, and uh um, kevin kevin's got to get his shoes thrown away got his shoes destroyed and had to wear uh <laughs> Clean kleenex boxes, boxes. <laughs> Number two, Stress Relief, Season 5, Episode 13. 
Dwight fakes a real fire and it about kills Stanley of a heart attack. Michael holds a roast in his honor but gets offended. That is a good one. And my favorite office episode of all time that when it's on, I'm going to watch it. Dinner Party, season four, episode nine. Michael and Jan make things extremely uncomfortable at their dinner party. That was a $200 flat screen TV. Uh, just throws a dundee at it. That's that's a good. That's probably that is by far my favorite episode of The Office. Oh, that's that is. Uh, I, I'm laughing right now thinking of some of the scenes in that one. That one was on the other day. I was watching. That's a good one. That's a good love one. it. There's so many good bloopers too on YouTube from oh, different the, seasons the, and scenes. The bloopers are as funny as the series is. The Utica one was pretty good. Yeah, it's a good I'm one. Go to Utica. I laugh yeah. at that one. <laughs> Basketball one was good for season one. Bas- basketball yeah. one's good. Yeah. A lot of pretty good ones. Um, yeah, it's pr- it was pretty consistent. It's on TV every single sure. day, and I have it on my TV about every single day, yeah. too. I just, yeah. just put it on. And gotta yeah. love it. Yep. Well, uh, let's go back to the birdie bogey question, question here. Um, like I, I said completely- earlier. Forget what it was. On on this date, this was yesterday, in 2009, Dwayne Wade scored a career-high 55 points in a 122-105 to win over the New York Knicks. The only players with more, more points in a game in he- history are... I'm going to go LeBron James. He is one of them. He has the most points ever in a Heat game with 61. Um, man, I'm between two other guys. Um, I'm going to have to throw out the Hall of Famer, Shaq. Good guess, but no. Um, the the other guy's Tim Hardaway. Another good guess, but no. I thought you'd uh, guess Alonzo Mourning. I wasn't even thinking. But it's Alonzo not him Mourning. either. Um, who is it? Glenn Rice. Oh wow! I Fifty-six points. Wasn't even thought of him. And Dwayne Wade had all three of his fifty-point games came during the oh eight oh nine season. Wow. Yep. When. When, when did they win the title? Was that 2007 or 6? Well, um, we're running a long time here. Um, they won the title in 2006, 2012, and 2013, and they okay. became a franchise in 1988. 88. You were closer than I was. That's going to do it for another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. Thanks for listening wherever you're listening to your podcast at. Give us a like and review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. And thanks for watching on the ISC Sports Network. We'll be back next Monday for a pre-draft edition of the Tan and J-Man Show. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay sane, everybody. Have a great week.